The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. You know, some people are motivated by uh, doing things uh, maybe faster uh, or maybe better uh, because they hear somebody applaud, and that's, that's good, and praise the Lord. You know, when we applaud for somebody, it does a great job. Uh, most of the time, preachers, they, they, uh, mm, they get charged up. It's almost like giving a, uh, a doggy bone or a doggy biscuit to a little puppy. Oh, he gets all excited. He wags his tail and whatnot. And so uh, I, I don't always get excited when I hear amens. But can I tell you, amens are good. It's a Bible word. It's a Bible word. Uh, when you get to heaven, there's going to be amen. There's going to be hallelujah. There's going to be praise the Lord. It's not going to be, hey, dude, what's up? It, it's not going to be anything like that. It's, it's going to be all these scriptural things, you know. Uh, nobody's going to be standing up and saying, that's right. No, they'll be saying amen. They'll be saying hallelujah. They'll be saying glory to God. And so it's very much in place. It's very much in place in a church service. If God speaks to your heart, you can shout amen. If God speaks to your heart, you can say praise the Lord. Uh, God speaks to your heart. You could say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, you could do that, see? Oftentimes, I'll, you'll see me up here. I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand. That's not trying to wave at somebody in the back. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's you. I'm talking to goodbye. It's time for you. No, no, I'm, ra I'm raising my hand, and that means uh, hallelujah. Now you say, oh, preacher, you're just saying stuff like that. Uh, you're right. I'm just saying stuff like that to help you. And so uh, we're in Acts chapter 8. Let's talk about something tonight. You probably won't say too many amens too now that I've said all of that. And that is stress management. Stress management. Now watch this. Here's the setting of our Lord. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 8 and verse 32, the place of the, watch it, the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter uh, and uh, like a lamb dumb before the shearer. Uh, the Bible says, so opened he not his mouth. This was a time that our Lord faced extreme stressful situation. Now you're going to find out that here in our society we face extreme stressful situations. There are other words that describe the word stress such as pressure, such as strain, tension, burden, a weight, uh, being, uh, being in a pinch, uh, all those kind of describe the same word stress. There's Bible words that describe uh, uh, the uh, word stress, uh, such as lack of peace, uh, a troubled spirit, uh, and other Bible words. There's, uh, there's dictionary words, Webster's dictionary words uh, and phrases that describe a stress, and that is pressure, strain, uh, the factor, of course, that includes some bodily or some mental uh, tension. Uh, here you see our Lord in Acts chapter 8. I read it to you just a moment ago. Acts chapter 8, verse 32, when you see Jesus is under high pressure, uh, you see he's described as a lamb. Uh, how's he operating under stress? You see he's calm. How's he operating under stress? You see he's gentle. How's he operating under stress? You see that he is dumb to the slaughter? Uh, what's that mean? Well, that means uh, he's aware of what's happening, but he's not panicking. 
Uh, that means this, that he's not in our terminology. This is certainly Western today terminology. He's not freaking out. He's not having a breakdown. Uh, the Bible says he opened not his mouth. So you see, when he was under stress, he was not quick to say words. Uh, he didn't operate in the rim of the flesh. You see that his words were under control, which means his mind was under control when he was facing stress. When Jesus faced stress in his life or a stressful situation, you'll see that he was very spiritual. Now, does that surprise you? Uh, but does it also surprise you that God would expect you to do the same? Uh, when faced with tremendous responsibility, by the way, he was, uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You say, oh, I've got great responsibility on me. Oh, don't tell me that. Think about our Lord Jesus Christ. He had the responsibility of living a perfect life. He had the responsibility of living it all the way and then dying a perfect death. But yet not one time did he displease the Father. You know, he followed God's plan all the way. He was the right example all the way. Now, we're supposed to live like him. Now, you can't live like him in your flesh. You can't. You can't live like him when you're not walking with him. You can't live like him and like he expects you to live like him uh, when uh, your relationship is not good with him. Now, let's talk about this tonight, stress. What, uh, talk about stress and how to handle it, all right? Stress is pressure. Think about this. Stress is pressure, and not all stress is bad. Stress is pressure, and not all stress is bad. You know, uh, if, if stress is pressure, and pressure uh, is sometimes good, then sometimes it's good that you have stress in your life. Uh, pressure, if you will, uncovers our potential. Uh, how many times has a person said, I can't do this? Then all of a sudden you find out they were able to do it. You know what it did? It uncovered their potential. All right. Uh, stress reveals sometimes our weaknesses. Uh, sometimes when we're under stress, we fold or we're not able to accomplish. It reveals our weaknesses. Uh, it's not bad for a boy uh, to be behind, if you would please, that which is home plate, picking up a baseball bat. Uh, there is two outs. The bases are loaded. And it's not bad for a boy to be under stress of being able to try to hit the ball for the team's sake. Uh, sometimes stress is good. You think about how God uh, uh, produced, if you would please, people's lives, saved people's lives by putting, God I said, putting people under stress. Uh, there was Noah. Noah had some stress, I believe, from time to time, though I think he relied on God all the time, uh, and he knew how to do that when building the ark. Uh, there was Joshua at the Battle of Jericho. There was Moses backed up, if you will, to the Red Sea. Uh, there was David when facing Goliath. Uh, there was Peter when walking on the water. There was Joseph and Mary with child. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that stress is pressure, and not all pressure is bad. Statement number one. Statement number two. Uh, how stress affects us negatively when we do not handle it right. When we do not handle stress right, how does it uh, affect us negatively? Well, doctors would tell you this. When you don't handle stress right, uh, one of the ways that it affects you is that it hurts your health. 
uh, people that do not handle stress correctly sometimes will complain of headaches. Sometimes they bite their nails and their spouse's nails and their children's nails. Sometimes it gives you an upset stomach. Reality here. Sometimes it blurs your vision. Sometimes it will cause you to have a stroke. Sometimes it will cause you to have a heart attack. And so there is some physical challenges, problems, when not handling stress correctly. You know, uh, sometimes it affects our ability to sleep when we don't handle it correctly. We'll toss and we'll turn. We'll grit our teeth. Uh, we work all through the night when we're having a big project or a problem at work and we try to handle it, work out the problem all night long. We wake up the next morning not rested but weary and not being able to receive a good night's rest. Sometimes it uh, affects our quality of work. We get in a hurry because after all, we want to get that done, get it over with. Doesn't matter if it was done good or not. Uh, sometimes uh, it causes uh, our attentions to details not to be like they should. Sometimes uh, we don't give our boss the very best that we ought to give. Sometimes it affects our decision making. Sometimes stress will cause you to make hasty decisions, irrational decisions, emotional decisions. Sometimes it causes our relationships to suffer. I know people sometimes it's under stress and it affects their marriage. I know people that sometimes under stress, it affects their children. I know people that sometimes under stress, it affects their fellow workers. It affects their fellowship with other Christians. It affects other leaders around them. It affects the way that they appear in public and yes, even while driving. It affects, if you would please, their patience and their kindness that they have towards someone else. Oh, sometimes when we're under stress, it even affects our walk with God. We treat God indecently. Uh, we don't walk with Him like we should. We're short with God. We're hasty with God. Uh, we uh, uh, don't want to speak with Him and give Him the full problem. Uh, it was Bob Jones Sr. that did say this. He says, if we get our hearts right with God, we will uh, uh, get all the kinks out of our head. Yeah. Now, may I say tonight, sometimes stress will affect our joy. I'm not happy at what you do. Sometimes stress will cause a person to become absolutely miserable. And by the way, when a person is absolutely absorbed in misery, they make other people miserable. Stress is pressure, but not all stress is bad. Uh, how stress affects us negatively when we don't handle it right, let me give you this. How is it that God expects you to handle stress? Now, aren't you glad for every problem that we have in the Bible, God always gives a solution? But if we don't go to God, listen to me now, if we don't go to God and uh, follow His solution, you can't expect a good, a good outcome. That's like going to the doctor and the doctor saying, okay, here's the solution. I'm going to tell you how to better your health. 
And you turn away from that doctor and you say, okay, I'll do it. And you never do it. You can't expect to get better. That's like taking, you down, taking your car or your truck down to the mechanic and saying, look it over and tell me what's wrong with it. And he comes out and he says, when's the last time you changed the oil? And you say, I didn't know I was supposed to. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, that's what the problem is. If you let me change the oil, I'll save you a motor. And you say, no, it's been going good so far. Uh, I think I'll just keep it as it is. Well, eventually, it's not going to keep going good so far. In order to operate the vehicle from time to time, you have to get gas in the vehicle. In order to be able to have a body that is healthy, you've got to get uh, some protein in there. Yes, you've got to get some fat in there. You've got to get uh, some, you like that part, don't you? Yeah, that's where you can say amen. But, uh, but uh, you have to put certain uh, things in your body in order to be able to operate at its peak. Now, the same way it is when handling stress. So let me give you what God says a person needs to do about handling stress. Number one, obey God. First uh, Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22, the Bible says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Somebody says, well, I tell you what, can't sleep at night. Let me ask you something, dear friend. Is God working on you? It bothers me. I'm rolling over at night. I'm biting my fingernails. I've already bit all my wife's fingernails off, and uh, it's just uh, bothering me. All right? Let me ask, are you right with God? Are you obeying God? Uh, little can man do with you to help you if you don't have your relationship right with God first. So here's the question. Are you obeying God? You know, uh, God will stretch you sometimes so that now you can contain the blessings that he has for you. But if not stretched, we used to use those old uh, granersack bags. And uh, I don't know how many are familiar with the old farming granersack bags. Raise your hand. Okay, uh, three and a half people. All right, good. And so we used to use the old granersack bags. And we put corn in the granersack bags. Or we put rocks sometimes, those old granersack bags. And did you know, because of the material that the granersack bag was made from, it stretched. Did you know that uh, God made you to be able to be stretched? Well, I just don't like being stretched. I like to be in my comfort zone. You will never grow like you should as a believer uh, uh, being in your comfort zone. Well, I thought that my marriage should be wonderful without bumps. Sometimes bumps will grow you. Sometimes challenges will grow you. Uh, I'm saying this, obey God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, the Bible says, casting down imaginations, it says, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So God says that we're supposed to be obedient to him. So here's my first line of attack on stress. Are you obeying God? Are you under conviction? Is there things in your life that are not right with God? No man can help you. No person can help you. Nobody can give you relief if you are not where you should be with God. So obey God. Statement number next, submit to the Holy Spirit. Submit to the Holy Spirit. 
You know, you say, oh, preacher, it doesn't sound like this is a deep sermon. I can tell you this, uh, many, many times, uh, many, many times in churches across America, it's not using profound words that caused a person to be able to get right with God or serve God. It was those straightforward, practical, insightful messages that God himself, through way of the Holy Spirit, empowered to change somebody's life. You don't need deepness as much as you need practical. Statement number one, I said, obey God. Statement number two, submit to the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter six and verse 22. The Bible says this. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit, listen to it now, Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And it continues in Galatians chapter five. So the Spirit is the one emphasizing the word peace. The Spirit is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that can give you peace in the middle of the storm. The Holy Spirit is the one that can help you in the raging boat of your life uh, to be able to calm the waters and also calm you. Statement number next, stay in your Bible. Stay in your Bible. Somebody says, well, I read my Bible every day and I'm still having trouble. How much is the Bible reading you? It's one thing to read your Bible through. It's another thing for the Bible to read you through. It's another thing to come across the truth and humbly get on your knees before a holy God and say, you got me. And I love you. And I'll obey you. Uh, the Bible, uh, it's an organized book for an emotionally unorganized people. It's a calming book. The Bible says in uh, Psalm 119 and verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So God says if you love the Bible, you're not going to ever be offended. Nothing shall offend you. Huh. Somebody comes and they're emotionally distraught. I, I almost want to ask them the question straight away. I almost do. Straight away, I almost want to ask them the question. I don't often because I feel like they cannot take it. I feel like if I shoot straight to somebody in a personal way, they might run with their, uh, with their tail between their legs and they just might not take it. I don't want that. I want to help people. But sometimes I wonder, you know, when somebody comes to me and uh, they're just uh, emotionally distraught, too much stress in their life, I've got one question. Are you reading your Bible? Because if you're reading your Bible, God's going to give you peace. God's going to give you peace. You know, now, so either God's a liar or somebody else is a liar. I will hide behind the cross if you don't say amen too much. It's a calming book. Uh, uh, this book is better than any physician could ever give you. It's better than any psychological type of pill you could ever take. Isaiah 26 and verse 3, the Bible says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. All right? And so uh, it's, the, it's better than a stress ball. Yeah, it sure is. You know, uh, well, I've just got to have the stress ball. i got to have, is it helping? Oh, no, but my fingers are tired. Okay, it's better than a stress ball. 
all right I'm saying listen to me now how is it you can handle stress what can God do to help you obey him number one number two submit to the Holy Spirit number three stay in your Bible number four start uh, start number four start what you finish start what you finish Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, I fought a good fight. Listen to it now. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. You can be highly educated. I said this, that an educated fool is more dangerous than an uneducated fool. I will say this also. I will say that it would be better to have more faith than less faith. I'd rather have a child of God that knew how to walk with God and have the pleasure of God and the favoritism of God on their life than somebody that was all about me and I. Finish what you start. Here's what Paul said. Great testimony, end of his life. He said, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept, uh, I have, uh, kept the faith. Unfinished task will stress you out. It would cause you not to sleep at night. Uh, a non-finisher normally lives a life of stress. What project you have not finished around the house or around the office will stress you out. Statement number next, I said, uh, statement number four, I said, uh, finish what you start. Statement number five, uh, organize your life and your work. Organize your life and your work. First Corinthians chapter 14, and in verse 40, the Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. All right, so organize your life. Uh, most of the time, most of the time, I'm just being very, very honest with you. Most of the time, you will not get things done unless you have an order that you're choosing to get them done in. Most business people that I work with uh, carry a book with them or some type of a digital uh, uh, phone or, or an iPad or something like that, and uh, they keep their list before them all the time. They're working through it all the time, all day long. They're working through it. Now, these are those people that are successful. These are people that are getting things done. Somebody said, if you want something done, find a busy person. Because busy people get things done. It just becomes a part of the list and you just knock it out and just keep going. All right, so organize your life. Organize your work. Unorganized people also cause other people to stress. It causes the workplace not to be calm. You ever see somebody running around and man, they're in their workplace and they're just running around. I don't know where I put that paper and uh, oh, I got to get this done and I got to, I just, I, I'm just, I just don't know what to do. All right. Can I tell you that makes people nervous in your office also? Uh, statement number next fix relationships. Fix relationships. I'm talking about how God tells us to handle stress. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15, the Bible says, uh, uh, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee. Doesn't say Facebook. Doesn't say get in a group. You're supposed to go to that person, that person alone. Nobody else, that person, that person alone. Well, I just think I need to get extra help. Oh, if you're not receiving God's help, nobody can help you, and God already told you what to do. 
The Bible says between thee and him alone, uh, if uh, he, listen to it now, shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. All right? And I'm not going to use you because you were too brutal on me the other day. So stand up if you will. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but now watch this. All right? And, and so uh, uh, just, uh, no, forget it. Go ahead. Stand up. Just, just go ahead and stand up. Stand up. Just come on. I'll help you up. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay? So just one time. Just one time. Don't, don't rip on me too much. Just go ahead. I'll take it one time. You ready? Here we go. Oh, oh, tell, say something uh, bad about me or something. I don't know anything bad about you. <laughs> uh, in that, in that kind, that is just so kind. Do it anyway. I have a lot of terrible things about knowing anything bad. Oh, see now. All right, no wait a minute. All right, now I can, I can take. That's pretty good. I, I, I can take that personal, can I? You could too. Then, then here's what the average person does. Here's what the average, now you stand up. Here's what the average person does. Man, I'll tell you what, I was with Dr. Bachman the other day, and well, he said something that just hurt my feelings. Really? Yeah. What do you think I'll do about that? Tell me what he said. <laughs> That's exactly how the rumors start. Yeah. Yeah. And then I tell him what, uh, what he said. And I'm going to twist it to my advantage. You know how it is. Whenever you talk about somebody else, you're always, you're always the one in the white jacket. They're always the one in the uh, black jacket. You're always the one that has the halo. They're the ones that have the, uh, the horns, you know. You know how it is. You know how. Nobody likes to look bad. It's all about them. Somebody hurt my feelings. Somebody stepped on my toe. Somebody sat in my lap. Somebody parked in my space. Somebody sat in my pew. Now it's taken out the curvature. I've worked so hard to get there over the years. I mean, you know, and thank you, be seated. So here's what we see. Fix relationships. Relationships, fix them quickly. Don't let them fester. Don't let them fester. Uh, I think the reason we have such a good spirit in our church, and I'm going to testify, is because we have people in our church that run to fix relationships. Now, you listen to me. If somebody comes to you trying to fix a relationship, you be right with God and you let them fix the relationship. Don't you be somebody stick your nose in the air like you're self-righteous. Don't be somebody who says, well, well, I don't want to be your friend. Oh, come on, get over it. Uh, you've said that to so many people, you need a friend by now. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying fix them quickly. Apologize where it's needed. Apologize. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to say that. Mm, I didn't mean to back into your car. I didn't mean to run over your dog. I didn't mean to run over your cat. Well, never mind. But, uh, okay, then remove pride. Remove pride. Remove the stress. Remove the stress. Uh, people with poor people skills bring stress to the, the family. They bring stress to their spouses. They bring stress to other Christians. Why? Poor people skills. All right, fixed relationships. Statement number next, uh, plan ahead. Plan ahead. Almost done. Plan ahead. Luke chapter 14 and verse 28, the Bible says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first? And counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. So what do you do? You plan ahead. You plan ahead. Okay? Uh, uh, don't, uh, don't, don't run off the seat of your britches. Plan ahead. Work ahead. Uh, uh, don't get sidetracked. Plan ahead. Work ahead. Uh, don't let things uh, monopolize you. 
it, it, it would be better for you to get somebody to help you uh, uh, with uh, learning how to do something than to stress yourself out and learning to do it yourself if that is outside of your expertise. Uh, it is far better at my age, I believe. At least I don't stress over it. That's why I believe it. I dictate letters many times. I dictate letters. I do it one of two ways. I dictate them on my computer. There's a little bit of device on there. I press it, and, and it listens to me, and I dictate. Or I'll dictate to a secretary. Uh, I, I don't want to stress out. I don't know how to type. I've never acquired the ability to type. And, uh, and so... I, uh, I uh, instead of trying to figure out the keys and where it should be, uh, I can talk in my computer, and my computer can type faster than most people. Amen. Yeah. And it does not give me its opinion. <laughs> or I can dictate. I can dictate to someone. I can do that, and I'll get it done pretty, pretty quick. Okay? Now, now wait a minute. Uh, and so I'm saying... You, you find some techniques. I can't swim. I've, I've never been around much water. I can't swim. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't care to learn. There's a reason I moved to Texas. No, I'm kidding. But I, I don't care to learn. Now, if somebody's drowning out there, I'll say, hey, you know how to swim? They say, yeah, go get him. You see what I'm saying? There are some things, there are some things. Uh, there are some, I realize this, I'm pastor of Parkside Baptist Church. Not everybody can do the counseling that I do with as many people I counsel, but somebody can fill the baptistry. Somebody can mow the lawn. Somebody can uh, run a vacuum cleaner. Somebody can uh, be able to uh, 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 make sure that the, the bathrooms are stocked. Somebody can change a light bulb. Uh, I, I, I have to study. Uh, I'm sorry, but I have to study. I have to pray. Uh, I, I go out following people up. I spend a lot of time in, in, in different people's homes helping them. All right? Now, uh, uh, there are certain things that uh, uh, I, I, just, I, I, I just don't have the time to do. I can't do it. You don't want me cooking anyway. If I start cooking for you, you're going to really pray. <laughs> I'm saying this. I'm saying uh, uh, understand that uh, sometimes you just have to plan ahead. Uh, if you never prepare right, it won't turn out right. Statement number next, live by schedule. Live by schedule. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6, and the Bible says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Get a schedule book and uh, keep a good schedule. A time when you uh, get up, a time when you read your Bible, a time when you go to prayer, a time when you uh, uh, schedule, if you're like me, counseling appointments, and uh, a time when you have to study, and a time where you have to make visits, and a, a time that you meet with staff, and a time that you meet with faculty, and a, a time where you write material for the college, or a time where you take and uh, uh, counsel pastors over the phone, all right? But to get a schedule and stick by the schedule. Write your appointments down. 
You have appointments with people. Write them down. Next, next, next. Learn to delegate. Now, by the way, listen, I'm talking to parents here. There are some things that you ought to, by, by good sense, get your children to do. Your, your daughters will never learn to shop unless you give them an opportunity by giving them money, debit card, or a budgeted, uh, a budgeted credit card. Don't use, a, don't use a credit card unless you got money for it. Don't get yourself in hot water. But a budgeted credit card. Give them a shopping list. Give them coupons or tell them to find the coupons on their own. This is their budget, and they're going to do the shopping for the next month. Say, what if it don't work? Then everybody sacrifices. <laughs> Hello? Let the boy learn to change the oil in the vehicle. You say, well, I just always take mine to have it changed. Well, yeah, but you have to understand, when he gets married, he's not going to have the money you have now. Let, let your son mow your lawn. Well, I always hire it out, somebody else. But there's going to be a day when uh, uh, he is not going to have the money just getting newly married to hire it out. Uh, teach him some things about mechanics. Teach him how to take the wheel off and put it back on and uh, uh, use the right tools to do it. Not just put it on and say it's done and go down the highway. Teach them what is right. Teach them how to do it. I'm saying this. I'm saying uh, uh, learn to delegate. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, and I'm closing her down. The Bible says, uh, And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou the faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Many things I've learned from my daddy. I taught to my children. Many things I've learned from my mother, I taught to my children. Now may I say, uh, pass them along. Then uh, learn to work hard. Learn to work hard. I've got just one more and I'll shut her down. Learn to work hard. Second uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says, For even uh, when, you were, uh, when we were with you, even when we were with you, uh, we uh, commanded you that, listen, if any uh, would work not, neither should he eat. Learn to work hard. Be productive. Productive. Be productive. Learn to work hard. Whatever you do, do with all your might. Mowing the lawn, mow it with all your might. Raking the leaves, rake them with all your might. Uh, putting in a good, uh, don't be somebody that steals from your boss or from your company. When it's time to work, it's time to work. Lastly, you'll like this one, take many vacations. I didn't say many, multiple, I'm talking about many vacations. Oh, look at that, I just blew it. <laughs> Did you hear him? <laughs> Instead of saying amen, I said many, small vacations. Oh, you know, here it is. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Here's what our Bible says. The Bible says, and when he had sent the multitudes away, uh, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Listen to it now. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Sometimes you have to take a break before you break. Sometimes you have to, uh, those of you that work in the office, sometimes you need to get out of the office. Walk around a little bit. Realize that there's a sun that's outside somewhere. Amen. 
there's fresh air. You young people that's in our Bible college and you're under extreme pressure, sometimes just walking outside breathing the fresh air will help you to be able to get your uh, facilities back working in your brain area and to be able to come back and do a better job. Some of you boys, you're going to like this. Sometimes you need to take a break and go play basketball. Sometimes you need to take a break and ride out to the country, get away from the city lights, walk through the meadow. You'd be amazed how life would change if you add diversity to it. It doesn't always have to be business. It doesn't always have to be, well, I got to do this. It's the grind. No, no, sometimes you just need to get out of town. I'm serious, take a break. Uh, go somewhere, do something. Go kayaking. Climb the side of a mountain. Yeah. You say, that's not for me. Then go on a picnic. Go visit a neighbor. Say, I came by. They say, what'd you come by for? To eat. <laughs> Don't do that and say, I sent you either. <laughs> we lived in Brooklyn, New York for years, and we lived right beside the church. My wife can attest to this. The teenagers that worked bus routes, uh, they always knew that we were always taking people home. We were working a bus route, so we would get in about the same time that they would get in, and they would come knocking at our door, and they would say this, what are we eating today for lunch? <laughs> And we always had scores of teenagers over. And they didn't come over to the fellowship. They came over to eat our food. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is, is take, a, take a mini type of vacation. Take a day trip. Uh, if you're a historic uh, buff, go over here to Audie Murphy's place over near Cooper. Walk through that museum and see some good history. Uh, go down to the aquarium downtown. You say, I don't have time. You better make time. By the way, your kids are going to be grown up and gone before you know it. Take time to spend time with your kids. Well, the Hemminger says amen, and TM is up there. Yes. Now, I'm saying this. Do things while they're, while they're young. Go on a hike. Go out and play football. You say, I don't know a thing about football. It's that, it's that odd-looking thing, you know. <laughs> and throw it back and forth. Throw a fris frisbee back and forth. Play tag. Play go-seek and have a flashlight. You and your family get outside and run around the house and hide in the bushes. <laughs> do, do fun stuff. Safe stuff. Remember one time my brother said, they're gone, they're gone. I said, really? When they leave? He said, oh, it wasn't too long ago, they're gone. I said, okay, you want to do it? He said, yes, yeah, do it. I said, all right, you get a broom, I get a broom. We got up on the top of the roof. And we played king of the mountain. He came after me with his broom this way. And I came, you know, we saw it on a movie somewhere. And I'm over there, and he's pushing this way, and I'm pushing this way, and he hits me in the leg, and I hit him over the head. And 
All of a sudden, our neighbor goes driving by, and we stopped, and we just went. He said, what happened? He slipped. He went rolling off. He fell on the ground. He said, ah, ah, you broke my leg. He's six years older than me. He learned to lie a whole lot longer than I was alive. I go getting off, and I went over, we called him Pop, my grandfather, the one that lived next door to us. I went running over to Pop's house, and I said, Pop, Pop, Dave's over there, and he, he fell off the roof, and he broke his leg. Pop looked at me and said, serves him right. <laughs> He went back in the house and said, I'm fixing me a sandwich. You want one? I said, but he broke his leg. He said, oh, look over there at that window. And Dave's over there dancing. <laughs> he didn't have a broke leg. Now, I'm saying this. Uh, uh, you can have fun together. Have squirt gun fights. I'm talking about stress relievers. Stress relievers. I wouldn't suggest doing it in the house, but you, now I'm talking about husband and wives. Instead of cursing at each other, go home, get yourself a squirt gun, and chase mama around the house. Stress relievers. Sure beats cursing her out. They call the police. Come on. Go outside tomorrow and take a softball and just... Throw it lightly to each other. Just throw it lightly to each other. Not at each other. Lightly to each other. Stress relievers. Husband and wives, go outside and take a walk. Take a walk. Go jogging together. All the men are saying, uh-uh. <laughs> Figure out some things you can do to pull the family together. Family togetherness, stay with it. Family togetherness, listen to me. Family togetherness has to be worked on. If you don't work on it, it will not work. I told Brother Jonathan, he said, I've got some teenagers that come on youth activities and they don't want to play in all the events. What do I do? I said, tell them to stay home. If they don't want to play, that's what I did when I was a youth director. Everybody played. Somebody came up, uh, you know, a teenager tell me, I was a youth director for 10 years and everybody played. Uh, teenagers came on a youth activity and they'd say, they'd say stuff like this. Well, my mama don't want me to play. And I said, well, then you go home to your mama. <laughs> But if you don't want to play, don't come on this activity because we come to play. You see? Now, now I, I'm saying, yeah, uh, that's the same way it is in church. I, I got to finish. But that's the same way it is in church. You come to church and say, well, I tell you, I just don't enjoy church. Well, you got to get involved. You come to church and just sit around and you be fed all the time, you're going to get fat. And you're not, you're not going to you're not going to amount to you become a busybody is what you become. 
Get involved. Now, let me say this. Get involved in more than one ministry. Get involved in more than one. If you're in the youth ministry, you also need another ministry. Don't just be involved in one thing. Get involved in a music program somewhere. If you're in the music program, that shouldn't be the only thing you do. Don't just do music. You need diversity. You know, make yourself some visits and go visit some people. Go to the nursing home. Cheer, cheer, cheer some people up. Help some people. Love some people. If you're in the children's department, it might be good for you to get some diversity and help to cook when we have some of these meals that we do around here and stuff like that. Uh, but you need diversity. You need to have a ministry or ministries you can call your own. Uh, when you can call it your own and now you're involved, it will supply some of your needs because of diversity. Father, help us tonight, I pray. God, so many times we face stress. And... Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.